0: From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren, And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. A busy show tonight. Here's what's on tap. Despite campaigning uh, that he would pull remaining troops out of Afghanistan, President Trump has performed a complete 180 and backed away from that pledge, instead recommitting U.S. forces to a conflict now in its 16th year, the longest U.S. war in history. Uh, The big question is, who got to him? Was it the globalists in his cabinet or globalist advisers behind the scenes? Media scientist Nelson Thal and journalist John Rappaport of No More Fake News will be here to discuss. Then, Google. Their mission statement used to be, Don't be evil! Lately, they've been accused of being evil, accusations of uh, censorship through the rejigging of their algorithms, the firing of John Danmore for simply suggesting the company's diversity policy should also focus on the most important kind of diversity, and that's diversity of opinion. And lately, there have been uh, numerous privacy concerns. The former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today, Robert Epstein, will be here to explain why he believes Google is evil of course, our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box, uh, just ahead. Then, one of the most documented mass UFO sightings in U.S. history took place over 20 years ago in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, here we go again, a mass UFO sighting again that has been ongoing, according to some reports, since April of this year. We'll have the uh, videotape, as they used to say. Coming up, Victor Vigiani from z Communications will also be here to discuss Second hour, of course, open lines, and then Alan Park, a comedian, former cast member of the Air Force, host of the uh, podcast Conspiracy Queries, will be here to tell a remarkable story, how he beat terminal cancer twice, and the possible connection to cannabis oil. Uh, Before that, let me introduce the boys in the band, as always, on the Flying V Gibson guitar, technical producer Ian Robertson. On the Rickenbacker bass guitar, occasionally the Theremin, story producer Albert Fenzel. Albert, hello. And on the Hammond B3, feature producer Ryan White. Welcome, gentlemen, all. All right, remote viewers, get ready. Here are your coordinates. The object is hidden from view in a cigar box, resting on the studio desk to my left here at Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue, in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right. Allow the shape, the form, the texture, the color to come into your mind. And uh, as always, you must tweet your answers to me at Richard Serrett, At Richard Serrett. You must use the hashtag TCSremote. And good luck. And to the skilled remote viewer or viewers that correctly identifies what's in the box, some fabulous conspiracy show merchandise uh, for you. And uh, if you're a fan of the show, why not show it off and also help support our work? Visit the online store at theconspiracyshow.com. Get yourself a mug or a hoodie, T-shirt, sweatshirt, or a phone case. Again, that's theconspiracyshow.com, the online merchandise store. Good luck. The, uh, the war in Afghanistan launched in 2001 by George W. Bush after 9-11, when the country was providing sanctuary, so supposedly, to Os- Osama bin Laden has cost upward of $1 trillion and resulted in the deaths of 2,403 U.S. servicemen and women. Now, more than 16 years later, most of the country remains a war zone, and the Taliban controls more territory than at any time since the American invasion began. During the campaign, candidate Donald Trump promised he would pull out, that, he only, that only he could fix it. On August 21st, President Trump announced that after consulting with his generals, he was undoing that promise and pledging an additional 4,000 troops and tying an eventual plout not to an arbitrary date, but to conditions on the ground. We are there to kill terrorists, not nation-build, he promises. But now, how, rather, how can 16,000 troops do what 100,000 U.S. soldiers could not? Isn't doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result the definition of insanity? Is winning even the goal? Was President Trump strong-armed by the globalists in his inner circle? Here to discuss is Nelson Thal, recognized as one of the world's leading authorities on the science of communication media and process analysis. He studied studied under the venerable Marshall McLuhan. Nelson Thal, welcome.
1: Welcome, Rich, and welcome to our listeners. And uh, let's remember, we all became spies when the media betrayed the truth.
0: John Rappaport has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for 30 years. Over 30 years, he's written articles on politics, health, media, culture, and art for the L.A. Weekly, Spin Magazine, Stern, Village Voice, Nexus, CBS, Health Watch, and others. And, of course, he is the founder of nomorefakenews.com. John Rappaport, welcome to you, sir.
2: Good to be here, Richard.
0: All right. Now. Uh, What do you think, first to you, John, what do you think happened here, this about-face? Was, is it possible, President Trump, when he was confronted with the evidence on the ground, made a genuine change of heart, or was he
2: strong-armed by
0: the globalists?
2: Well, I think it's some combination of the two, but basically he has surrounded himself with globalists, so that's on him. And uh, it throws into doubt the entire promise to begin with, because, look, we've got $1 trillion at least in mineral deposits, including rare earth minerals, very vital substances for manufacturing, cell phones and the like sitting in Afghanistan. We've got all the opium. Production was cut under the Taliban. As Soon as the war started, it escalated again. It's reached new highs, and then there is the long standing project to build an oil gas pipeline through Afghanistan. These are major kinds of globalist motives, mega corporate motives that uh, want to sustain a war. And we're not even getting into the military industrial complex, which is always looking for new wars and new money. So all of that played a role in the so called turnaround, and now. We're in the soup.
0: Nelson, I believe now with a, an additional 4,000 that would bring the troop level up to, uh, it's either 12 or 16,000. How could 12 or 16,000 U.S. boots on the ground accomplish what 100,000 U.S. troops at its height could not?
1: Well, I think it's more than that, of course. It's just getting their foot door and getting Americans used to the war in Afghanistan is back on and been escalated. I think that, remember, the people who worked putting Trump into office, people like Bannon and Priebus and the others, are all gone now and been replaced by generals. So I think it seems likely that there's been um, a bloodless coup, a cold coup takeover of the commander-in-chief by the globalists. Who um, then immediately didn 't waste any time escalating this war in, in Afghanistan? I totally agree with uh, Mr. Rappaport that there 's no doubt that, that the mineral wealth the lithium the uh, all the other materials mineral materials the oil pipelines are just so valuable there they want to grab it as well, and that 's a lot of it, but certainly you know um We've got a situation where uh, Trump's been surrounded, and um, is it his agenda anymore? Uh, Will he get the wall built? It seems like everything's starting to fall apart on him.
0: John, what do you think of what Nelson said there, that this has been a bloodless coup? Is it complete? Is this further evidence that the President of the United States really doesn't have any power, particularly when it comes to uh, international affairs, foreign policy?
2: Yes, I think it is evidence of that and it is at least a partial coup it's hard i wouldn't say that his entire agenda has been destroyed uh, as of yet but this certainly has and he's had many 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 supporters who came on board especially the old ron paul supporters who took to his uh statements about uh, no more empire building no more being the policeman of the world uh you know was very welcome and now they're just sitting there looking at this saying what in the world is going on but you have to realize the foreign policy establishment of the United States has been run for a very long time through the State Department by groups like the Council on Foreign Relations the Trilateral Commission these these elements are very very real Goldman Sachs is part of that as well so this has all been in place through the Obama administration, the Clinton, the Bush, Bush too. Go all the way back, and you're going to find it uh, leading the charge, so to speak. So this is still in place, and Trump is uh, defanged in this respect.
0: Well, these foreign misadventures have ways of sinking presidencies. Ask you know Lyndon Johnson about Vietnam. Is that going to be the case this time around, Nelson? Is Afghanistan going to sink the Trump presidency?
1: I think it's going to be a Vietnam redux. The American troops will be totally confounded there after the Russians couldn't defeat and take over the country. To think that now the Americans, again, after 16 years, is it? Are, are, yes. Are now going to do anything new? I, I don't think anything's going to happen except the worst. I'm very, very fearful for what's happened and for Mr. Trump. I was looking forward to him breaking away from that group, the globalist group, and going out on his own. It really, um, I think this this total eclipse kind of is portending a lot of bad
2: things ahead.
0: Uh, Last word to you, John. Do you think this could be the president's undoing?
2: It could be. One thing to watch out for here. Terrorists, that term. Taliban, that term. They're not exactly the same. If you start to see reports about the Taliban this and the Taliban that and the Taliban this, you know that we're sinking into another huge quagmire here. Because trying to oust and destroy the Taliban is exactly the kind of thing that's led to defeat in war after war in Afghanistan. They hide. They come back. When you leave, it's impossible.
0: All right, John Rappaport, nomorefakenews.com. Be sure to check out his Matrix series of CD-ROMs. You can order them right there, nomorefakenews.com. Nelson Thal, the website, McLuhanTactics.com. McLuhanTactics.com. Gentlemen, thank you both.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye, Richard. Thank you, Richard.
0: Bye-bye. When we come back, is Google evil? Robert Epstein, former editor and chief of psychology today, says yes. He'll explain why when we return. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Just a reminder, the results of our weekly remote viewing experiment just past the bottom of the hour plus. Another mass UFO sighting in Phoenix or over Phoenix. Of Victor Vigiani from Zeland News Network will be here to discuss All right, let me uh, crib from Robert Epstein's piece published in usnews.com. It's called The New Censorship. Google Inc. isn't just the world's biggest purveyor of information, it's also the world's biggest censor. The company maintains at least nine different blacklists that impact our lives, generally without input or authority from any outside advisory group, industry association or government agency. Google is not the only company, of course, suppressing content on the the Internet. Reddit has frequently been accused of banning postings on specific topics. And a recent report suggests that Facebook has been deleting conservative news stories from its news feed, a practice that might have a significant effect on public opinion, even on voting. Google, though, is currently the biggest bully on the block. And of course, uh, that's uh, only part of the story. Google has also been accused of being a stooge for the uh, NSA, and most recently it was revealed that Google's Android's, or Google Android's Google Assistant, which is uh, the equivalent of uh, Apple's Siri, may be secretly recording your conversations. Robert Epstein is an author, editor, longtime psychology researcher, and professor, a distinguished scientist who's passionate about educating the public about advances in mental health and the behavioral scientists or behavioral sciences. He's the former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today, and he's currently senior research psychologist at the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology, and a, con- a contributing editor for Scientific American Mind. He's also the founder and director emer- emeritus of the Cambridge Center for Behavioral Studies in Massachusetts. Robert Epstein, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
3: I'm good, Richard. How are you?
0: Terrific. Thank you. All right. Um, Now, there seems to be so much going on now with with Google being in the news. Uh, There's a... uh, uh, They are under investigation in the the EU, but I I want to, for privacy issues, I want to just focus for a moment first on Google uh, and the charges that they are censoring. Explain how this works when... When we talk about the algorithms and rejigging the algorithms so that certain sites do not come up in it when, when you do a, a search on a particular topic, how does that work?
3: Well, Google does censoring in a lot of different ways. Uh, you're talking about search results, and that is just one of the ways in which they in which they censor. And they censor on uh, search results in two different ways. One is with uh, what's called an exclusion list, so they can actually just just remove someone or some business entirely from the search rankings. So they so removal, in other words, that's a pretty powerful form of censorship, and that obviously can put a business uh, out of business right away. Sure. Uh, and the other is is demotion, and they do that a lot as well. They just if 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 you uh, violate their terms of service in some fashion, and in most cases you have absolutely no idea what that is, uh, they will demote you, uh, which can, uh, of course, hurt a business quite a bit and in some cases can put a business out of business. This happens, by the way, not just occasionally. It happens every single day. And they even uh, demote big companies like J.C. Penney. J.C. Penney was, a couple of years ago, was demoted about a hundred, a hundred places in search rankings, which, which puts you, you know, out in uh, no man's land, and, and you, you get no sales.
0: And and what is the motivation here? Do we have a handle on why they would would the target certain uh, companies, certain websites? Is it politically motivated? Uh, do they have an axe to grind one way or the other?
3: Well, of course, everything they do is secret. There's no transparency there at all. Uh, that's one of the things that I write about in that piece in U.S. News and World Report. They just do what they do based on, you know, internal uh, meetings that they have, and so we don't really know what why they're doing what they're doing. Now, just lately, just lately, uh, there have been major complaints raised both by organizations who are on the left politically and organizations who are on the right politically saying they've been uh, demoted in Google search rankings. I mean, quite dramatically, so that their traffic uh, has dropped by uh, fifty, sixty percent or more. Uh, and you know, again, how they make those decisions, uh, nobody knows.
0: But if, and I've read, I've read, um, for example, articles on the Guar- in the Guardian newspaper, and they seem to be focusing on the censorship of left-wing type uh, websites. Uh, and then we have the other story, of course, where they are. Uh, censoring from the right. So, if isn't that oft, often an indication of balance and fairness? If you're getting complaints for both sides, so where is the truth? Well, again, the problem, Richard,
3: is we, we don't really know. And, I, and of course, you, the, the question is: Do you want to have one single for-profit company, which is not accountable to the public, uh, you know, making those those major policy decisions, which have a dramatic impact? on uh hundreds of millions of people i mean whose whose hands should those decisions be in i think most of us would say they they should be in the hands of uh you know some sort of public institution of some sort uh and, and whatever is going on of course it should be transparent and there should should be some way to challenge uh what they're doing and uh, so far we have none of the above what they do they do in secret there is no way to challenge uh what they do uh it has a dramatic impact on us and there's nothing we can do about it there's a there's a film uh, actually coming out a documentary film about small businesses that were completely decimated put out of business uh because they were demoted in Google's uh search rankings or removed and again there's no recourse uh suing them Is a complete nightmare. I can tell you about that if if you like, because I've been following some of those cases. Yes, please. And and, and this kind of censorship is just one. It's not even the biggest form of censorship that Google practices. It's just one. I mean, it's one that we're kind of aware of, and it's frustrating. But that's not the only kind of censorship uh, that uh, uh, you know that that they engage in.
0: Robert Epstein is uh, with us, the uh, former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today. Uh, why did you? How did you get interested in in this? Or why has this become sort of a personal crusade for you? Uh, c- you know, considering your background.
3: Well, first of all, this is one of uh, twelve or thirteen different research areas that I'm involved in. I mean, I'm doing major research on. Parenting and stress management and other things. So this is this is not my life. This is just one right. one re- research area that I've gotten interested in. I got interested in it about five years ago because my website got hacked. Uh, nothing weird about that. That happens to everybody, mm-hmm. including to Google, Google itself. Uh, but what what got me curious though was the fact that I was getting notifications about that from Google, and I was thinking, why is but you know who gave Google that responsibility? Next thing I found out was that they have no customer service department. That seemed a bit strange. Uh, then I found out that it's very easy for Google to block access to websites, even even if you're using a, a browser uh, other than their their own Chrome browser. If you're using Firefox or even Apple Safari. Google somehow could block access to websites that, as a programmer myself, that got me very curious.
0: Yeah, that is curious. I don't understand how they could do that, but I'm not obviously a programmer, but I had no idea that they were able to do that.
3: Well, that's what I'm saying, is that 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 one incident, which was over in about a week, but it just got me looking at the company a little bit differently. And I can tell you, the more I have looked at Google, the more concerned I have become. Google needs to be shut down or broken up into pieces like we did with AT&T or strictly regulated. Right. Uh, there's no company that should be allowed to have the kinds of, of power that Google has, and they wield that power quite irresponsibly and quite secretly.
0: I think, yeah, we, we need to start looking at Google as a utility, as you say, much in the same way as uh, AT&T, uh, the telephone company. It's essentially a monopoly and it is the world's largest you know purveyor, uh, of information. Uh and with that comes immense immense power. Uh what would be required um, to to begin to to regulate uh Google? Would it require um, being declared a utility? How would that work? Do you have any idea?
3: Well, I can tell you that some steps Are being taken now in the EU. Yes. Uh, The, for example, the European Parliament voted already in a non-binding vote um, to break Google up into pieces. So that would be one way of going about it. That's exactly what happened with AT&T here in the 1980s. It was our own Department of Justice that did that. Uh, The EU also, of course, recently fined Google 2.7 billion dollars. Uh, for having biased search rankings in other words for for putting their own products and services ahead of those of their competitors and they have two other big antitrust actions uh, underway against Google so a lot's going to happen in the EU what what's going to happen here it, it's much less clear but I think now uh, now that Obama is gone I think uh, because Obama was was in Google's pocket I mean com- completely and totally I mean his His uh, chief technology officer was a former uh, Google uh, executive and uh, about uh, uh, 250 people while while Obama was president went back and forth from high positions in his administration and the Google company.
0: Well, the revolving door scenario seems to be uh, a persistent problem across government, whether it's the Food and Drug Administration and also, as you say, uh, in in this case. so you're, you're somewhat hopeful that uh, that under Trump's administration we could see Google broken up.
3: I think I think that there's going to be a serious antitrust action started fairly soon. The problem uh, so far is that is that uh, the president has has not filled a lot of positions that need to be filled in the Department of Justice. That's uh, that's Correct. the main thing so far that's slowing things down. But I think there is a chance uh, that there will be a pretty serious antitrust action initiated against google under the current administration this this was done of course under obama and then mysteriously uh you know even after the uh the staff there at the, uh, the this was the federal trade commission even after the staff concluded uh that google was violating antitrust laws uh somehow secretly magically uh early 2013 the whole antitrust action was just stopped But I think it's going to start up again. I think it's going to start up in a bigger way. I think, frankly, honestly, there are a lot of things happening now. There are too many things to go into here on the air right now, but there are a lot of things happening suggesting to me um, that Google is going down. And I think that is why they reorganized and created this uh, Alphabet holding company. I think Uh they're trying to preserve the value of the stock uh, for some of the key stockholders because after at and went down, the value of their stock instantly dropped by 70%. Uh,
0: Robert Epstein is with us. DrRobertEpstein.com is the website. DrRobertEpstein.com. E-P-S-T-E-I-N. DrRobertEpstein.com. What can you tell us about um, this uh, Google Assistant um, secretly recording people's conversations? And that's for Android users. Of course, it's kind of the equivalent of Siri on, on uh, the iPhone.
3: Well, Google has been secretly recording a lot of aspects of what we do, including voice, uh, even before the Google Assistant uh, came out. Uh, you know, now it's just that they're getting more brazen about it. The, uh, people got concerned when they came out with Google Glass, you know, the Google Glasses right. that, could, that could record people and record uh, videos and so on. Uh, that Their concerns about privacy act- actually shut down that whole project, but they have been secretly recording for a long time through Android, through Chrome, in fact, through over a 100 different platforms where people don't realize that they're being tracked. So, for example, if you go any, to any of the uh, millions of websites that use uh, Google Maps, what you don't realize is... That any website at all that uses Google Maps, Google is tracking you when you use that website. So there's a fantastic amount of tracking going on. As far as the recording goes, yes, there is some evidence now that they are recording, uh, if not continuously, uh, almost continuously. Uh, and they're recording not just through the Google Assistant, but through Google Home, and that's much scarier. Because Google Home is this uh, device they have like Amazon Echo uh, that they're they're urging people to put into every room in the house right. and Google Home uh, people have looked into this have found that it is transmitting something all the time uh, to Google and what could it be transmitting obviously other than sound so uh, they're you know they're they're stepping up their tracking efforts and if anything uh you know we our privacy is disappearing more and more uh largely thanks to Google but uh, other companies too which have you know which have which have seen you know that that's where the money is the you know the, 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 that that revenue model uh is very 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 profitable and unfortunately more and more companies are are mimicking what Google does and they're they're tracking us more and more so i i, I to be honest with you i'm sure i'm i, think, I know our time is very tight but I just want to tell you that tracking is just one issue, censorship is another, but the biggest issue of all, which hasn't come up, but I just want to mention it, is actually manipulation. That's the biggest issue is how Google, more than any other company, is using the information they have about us to manipulate us, manipulate what we think, what we believe, how we vote, what we purchase. That's what I study in my in my experimental research.
0: Well, Dr. Epstein, I would love to have you back on, and, and uh, maybe we'll have you on in a, in, a, in a segment that allows for a more in-depth conversation. Would you be good for that?
3: Oh, absolutely, We'd love to do it. And of course, I've, I've also heard you when you guest host Coast to Coast. I'm a huge fan of Coast to Coast and listening way back to the Art Bell days.
0: Well, we'll get you on there as well, because uh, obviously this is something we do need to drill down on um, in, in, in greater depth. Uh, again, the website is Doctor. That's D R. Robert Epstein, E-P-S-T-E-I-N dot com, Dr. Robert Epstein uh, dot com. And, um, you know, I just, I find this so odious, particularly when we look at the way that Google has been operating in China and the oppressive regime aiding and abetting that regime, again, with censorship. And it uh, seems like they're trying to do the same thing over here. We'll have you back on again, uh, Robert. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Richard. All right, when we come back, the big reveal on our weekly remote viewing experiment that's coming up next. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. It is time, of course, for our big reveal, our weekly remote viewing experiment. And again, just a reminder, you've got to tweet your answer to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett, and you must use the hashtag... TCS Remote, TCS as in The Conspiracy Show, TCS Remote, and as always, first of all, we'll uh, we'll go around the horn, and uh, in-house, we go to our fine rockabilly friend, Ian Robertson. Ian, what's in the box?
3: It's funny, you always say uh, form, texture, or color.
0: Yes. As soon as you said that, I tasted something sweet, and then I pictured a sour candy. A sour candy. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But it was sweet. Yeah. A sour candy that's sweet. Is that humanly possible? I don't know. All right. What's in the box? Okay. And uh, let's go to uh, Albert. Albert, what's in the box? I like the guess on Twitter by
3: Scott that it's a lighter or a book of matches. Somehow that seems right. And it seems maybe a nail file will be in there one week. This week, I guess, an Xbox game or Xbox One. They say write down anything that answers your unconscious. And when I came over on the subway,
4: there was an ad for Xbox, and somehow that stood out. Interesting. All right. And finally, over to you, Ryan. Well, you know what? Ian's sight was interesting because, or his taste, rather, because I was thinking it was maybe something from just down the road, the national exhibition here. Ah. I was thinking maybe cotton candy, but then I thought you know maybe it was like a prize from a game. And so my stronger sight was like a a stuffed little prize, like maybe a a stuffed snake.
0: Interesting. All right. You seem to go with themes sometimes. You're trying to attach it to a particular theme of what's going on. Interesting. All right. Let's go to the Twitter feed, then.
4: Yeah, tons of great sights tonight. Conan sees a metal spring. Drew sees a toy ray gun or a Star Trek phaser. Liberty sees a desk stapler. Daniel sees a feather duster. Mike sees maybe a handheld mirror. John sees a hockey puck. Larry sees something round and yellow. Scott sees a lighter or matches. Dar sees a roll of lifesavers. Russell, an airplane. Paul, a rock or crystal. Alan, a rubber sink stopper. James, a kitchen timer. Aaron, a barbecue lighter. Kevin, a long oval. YY, a donut. All right, a couple of things that are interesting
0: there. Who was it that saw a feather duster?
4: A feather duster, Daniel.
0: Okay, Daniel, it wasn't a feather duster. It's not a feather duster, but I'll tell you something. I was down in the uh, the basement of the house trying to figure out what am I going to put in the box, and there was a feather duster that was hanging from the doorknob leading into my office. And I just looked at it for a moment. I thought, oh, that's not going to fit. It's not going to fit in there. So that's interesting, Daniel. Who said something round and yellow? Uh, Larry. Larry, something round and yellow. Okay, you're in the ballpark. Now... Both Ian and Ryan saw something food-related, so that's sort of in the ballpark, too. There's a
3: lifesaver on Twitter, too.
0: Oh, someone said a lifesaver? And okay. a donut. And a okay. donut. There you go. Some people on food. But I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's close enough. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I've got about 30 tomato plants in the backyard. And finally, after all this rain, we're getting a little bit of sunshine, and they're finally starting to ripen. And so here it is, one of the first tomatoes off of my tomato plants. There it is. Now, round and yellow, I don't know. What do you think? Is that close enough? Not no, quite. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Mm. It is juicy, though, and sweet. Organic. It Got is. Worms. It's 100% organic. Thank you for playing. <laughs> Next week, um, we should point out, know what's in the box. The following week, know what's in the box, but we will resume our weekly remote viewing experiment on uh, the 17th, I guess. Is that right, Albert? On the 17th. That's it. Right. Okay. Uh, just a programming note, coming up next week on the program. Rosemary Ellen Guiley returns. We missed her last month. She's she's busy. She's constantly traveling. In fact, she's put all of these amazing paranormal stories uh, coupled with traveling. And she's co-authored this book called The Road to Strange... And uh, she co-authored with a guy by the name of Michael Bryan, who, who bills himself as the travel psychologist. And uh, it's all about people's strange paranormal encounters while they're traveling, uh, on business or on vacation. And uh, so we'll talk about that. And then also, uh, Jeremy Kagan uh, will be back with us. Jeremy's a, um, um, uh, a, f- a film a director. And, uh, a TV director. He, he directed episodes of Columbo back in the 70s. He, he's directed episodes of Chicago Hope. He won an Emmy for that. Uh, the West Wing. He's, uh, directed, um, a number of interesting movies, including Roswell. Roswell, the movie back in 1994, uh, that starred, uh, Martin Sheen and, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, uh, from, Kyle McLaughlin, I think was in Twin Peaks, Sex in the City. Anyway, great movie, uh, Roswell, 1994. So Jeremy Kagan will be here to talk about that, plus his near-death experience, directing Columbo episodes. That'll be fun. A bit of a departure for us. So that's uh, next week on the program. When we come back, Victor Vigiani, Zealand News Network, and uh, we'll talk about the latest mass UFO sighting over Phoenix. Stay tuned. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped... Call
2: now, 416-360-0740, or toll free at 1-866-740-4740.
0: All right, welcome back. Just ahead in uh, hour two of this transmission, open lines, of course, for the first half hour, followed by um, a visit from Alan Park, a comedian, former cast member of the uh, Air Force was the host of a popular podcast that delves into similar material that we do here called Conspiracy Queries. And Alan has been battling cancer over the last several years. In fact, I believe he's been diagnosed twice with cancer, and the prognosis was not good, as in terminal, yet he is still here, defying the odds. And he'll tell us how when he joins us at the bottom of the next hour. Uh, right now though, I want to talk about this well, there's this is video that's uh, gone viral on uh, YouTube, taken by an amateur videographer, I believe. I don't know if we've identified who took the video. I believe it was timestamped something like August the 18th. And it looks like one, two, three, four, five separate craft in kind of a W formation, moving across the sky over downtown Phoenix. And uh, there are tons of people. Dozens and dozens of people out on the street, maybe hundreds, looking up at the sky. This apparently has been going on for some time, back to uh, April. And again, all reminiscent of what happened in Phoenix 20 years ago, the famous Phoenix Lights. And uh, here to uh, perhaps provide some clarity on this situation is our uh, good friend, Victor Vigiani, the Executive Director of Zeland Communications and Zeland News Network, and you can read his news articles and press releases at zelandcommunications.blogspot.ca. Victor Vigiani, how are you?
5: Just fine, Richard. How are you doing there?
0: Great, thank you. So, you've seen the video, obviously. Huh? Do we know who took this video? I mean, I, I suppose it doesn't matter because when you see on the street, there are, there are it looks like maybe 100 people there looking up at the sky.
5: Yeah. Well, we've done some digging on this. I know when I got the call from you to perhaps look into it, we did some investigation about it uh, through ExoPolitics, and, and my good friend Lynn Katai, um, who was the author of the most original, probably the most comprehensive review of the Phoenix Lights back in 1997, on March 13th. Right. And the information that we've come up with is that uh, Collective Evolution as uh, you know, I'm not sure how reputable that particular location is, but uh, they really didn't do their homework. First of all, they reported that this happened over Phoenix and um nothing could be further from the truth that happened in Austin, Texas.
0: Ah, interesting.
5: Yes. And uh, I'm getting all the information from various sources. So this is uh, not just from one source, and we've we've looked at it from um, four or five different resources that we have at our disposal to indicate that uh, this was taken on a street in Austin, Texas, East 6th Street in Austin. And if you take a look at the Google map, it is in Austin, Texas, and it's not anywhere near Phoenix, Arizona. So that's one dead giveaway. The buildings, uh, forget about the lights for a second. Right. The buildings are exactly as portrayed in Austin, Texas. Uh, there's a tree in the way. It's, it's there. Several of the stores, the storefronts are all there. It is, in fact, according to uh, our sources, in Austin, Texas. Now, I guess people say, well, why was it in Austin, Texas that this was sought after or seen? Well, apparently there is a film festival held there each year. Right. It's called South by Southwest.
0: That's right. Huge music festival.
5: That's Right. And in order to promote a film called Phoenix Forgotten, uh they apparently and I underline the word apparently uh used um drones six or seven or eight uh-huh. many drones are there to uh try to replicate the Phoenix lights and uh the I guess the producers or whoever they co opted into doing uh this thing, in other words, uh fly these so called aerial um machines uh, how big they were, who knows? Uh, whether they were, um, sophisticated drones, who knows? I don't know. Um, but they did, in fact, um, launch drones, and it's on, on, uh, several websites, they're indicating that, uh, this organization, the, uh, South by Southwest organization, did use drones to promote, uh, the film, uh, Phoenix Forgotten. So that's the bottom line on this, and so I guess that's the, 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 the backdrop on it. But the other part of it is uh, the examination of the lights, which could be interpreted. And I've seen many um, uh, so-called UFO um, videos. They look exactly as they would be you know, seen in the video that was captured by that one individual and probably dozens of others at the time. Right. Uh, so there really isn't any... Um, typically anomalous movements of these UFOs. Usually a UFO, whether they're in groups or whether individually, have very bizarre flight characteristics. None of these really displayed that kind of uh, bizarre, winking in, winking out kind of uh, behavior that most authentic UFOs have as a characteristic. So there's a lot of factors pointing to um, uh, the, the indication or suggestion that this was done as a promotional activity by producers of the, uh, the film festival.
0: Excellent work, Victor. Well, that's why we bring you on, of course, because, well, you know...
5: Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you know, watching all of this, and, and normally I'm, I'm the first one to stand up and defend any kind of authentic-looking UFO video, and there's, there's, uh, there's several of them out there. Uh, the one over Japan, Fukushima, Japan, is, is one of my favorites. Uh, it's totally inexplicable, and there's no possible way that it can be anything else in my in my uh, you know humble estimation other than an unidentified flying object and definitely as far as i'm concerned some sort of extraterrestrial presence it's just um it's bizarre the way it is portrayed this has none of those characteristics as do a lot of the other hoaxed ufo videos that are rampant on the uh, on the internet and you know m- my estimation along with my good friend stan friedman you know, he says that, you know, 99.9% of what you see on the Internet as far as videos are concerned are, are not authentic at all. They're just hoaxes. It's the other 1% that we're concerned about. So I think that fits into this category.
0: Well, you know, when you come on and you sort of blow this one out of the water, that only, to me, gives credibility to the work that you do because you're not here saying, well, it, you know, all of them are are, uh, are real, they're all true and so forth. You're saying 99.9% of the UFO videos... Uh, currently online uh, are are fake. It raises an interesting question now with the with the development of drone technology, uh, and that is, it's going to be perhaps even more difficult in the future to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff. But you're saying maybe not because they don't these drones. Although I suppose they could be flown in such a manner as to uh, mimic. This you know the more of an erratic flight pattern, but right. uh, are you concerned now with the way that t- that drone technology is emerging that that it might make your job harder?
5: Yeah, I you know I sort of anticipated that question because I've been asking that of myself lately, and many of the others um, in the in the UFO research community. We are concerned about that, um, you know, from several points of view. From the most simplistic point of view, Richard, is that um, these things will appear you know over Lake Ontario here in, in, in Canada or some other you know, remote place in, uh, you know, southern Vermont or whatever. Um, the, the, unless the, these drones are developed uh, to be um, able to move at some of the speeds that these UFOs can, in fact, travel. And these, these things can travel within our own airspace. We've, they've shown it at up to eleven to 12,000 miles per hour uh, without breaking the sound barrier. If these drones develop that kind of capability, A, we're in trouble... And be my sense is that the drones that we have at our disposal right now, unless they have some sort of arcane type of propulsion system, even jet propulsion systems, which is not possible with a with a simple drone yet, uh, they could never mimic the the flight characteristics of an authentic um, UFO that's under the control of of um, potentially um, you know extraterrestrial beings or um, the, the the flight characteristics of some kind of craft that the U.S. government or other governments have developed uh, using um, arcane energy uh, sources that can move these things that fast, anti-gravitically anyways. So it's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways, but I think that the UFO research community has the acuity to tell the difference at this point in time, but the public will be fooled many, many times over on this whole issue by these drones.
0: Uh, Victor Vigiani is with us, uh, Executive Director of Zeland News Network and zealand Communications. Communications.blogspot.ca is uh, the website. You can read uh, his uh, dispatches and press releases and, and articles and so forth. Uh, Victor, you you mentioned that you were talking with um, Dr. Lin Kitai, of course, who was at the forefront of the, the, the original Phoenix Lights sighting uh-huh. back 20 years ago. Um, are there any new developments in, 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 in that story? Have there been since... Since '97, um, uh, any other mass sightings in in Phoenix?
5: Not really. Um, they, they've had some sort of um, uh, fireball. Uh, how can I put it? Uh, displays, and we're not quite sure um, that they've been defined as any other kind of uh, flares or anything like that. But there have been several fireballs. Um, uh, Displays in, in the Phoenix in the Phoenix area, but nothing, absolutely nothing, like the craft, the uniform craft that uh, that flew over the Phoenix area, um, that was witnessed by literally hundreds, uh, over 100,000 people in Phoenix. So um, the, these fireballs are very anomalous, and we're not sure exactly what causes them. I don't really have that kind of research at my at my fingertips, but they do in fact um, exist. And uh, it can be cause for concern, but that's really the only thing in the Phoenix area that has really manifested itself to even replicate, come close to replicate uh, what's been what was seen back in uh, in uh, March of of, of nineteen
0: ninety seven. All right, Victor. Well, um, just to re uh, to repeat and to sum up the um, the video reporting to show five separate uh craft alien craft in a W formation over Phoenix is a hoax. Uh in fact the uh, the location was not Phoenix at all it was downtown Austin, Texas and it appears that the uh, the lights were created by drones as part of a promotional campaign uh for a uh, a film about the Phoenix lights. That's right. All right Victor, great work as always. Thank you so much Can my make friend. I
5: one more thing. Absolutely. 2 seconds. Uh, I, we just found out, Richard, that uh, the the film by Dr. Greer, yes, un- Unacknowledged, yes, is now on Canada Next Netflix. It is. Uh, I just found that out uh, yesterday. So anyone, we had the uh, the the, uh, the film Unacknowledged shown at the Alien Cosmic uh, Expo in June right. of this year. But we just found out that if anyone wants to watch this uh, original and, and dynamite uh, piece of uh, piece of documentation and film. It's available on Netflix here in
0: Canada. Excellent, good to know. Well, thank you for that, Victor. Okay. That's All right, stay well, my friend. Talk soon. In. Thanks very much for having me on. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, there you go. You see, it's uh, we do some debunking on this program from now, uh, every now and then. All right, open lines awaits on the other side. So please, as always, bring your A game. Uh, just about anything goes, if you want to talk about what you've heard previously on this program, uh, for example, uh, if you want to talk about uh, Google with uh, Robert Epstein. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, Ryan and Albert, after our our discussion with uh, Robert Epstein, whether uh, our YouTube video tonight is demonetized. We shall find out. As we head into open lines, toll-free from just about anywhere, one 740 4740